At this time, I'd like to take your Bibles very quickly and return to the book of Psalms. And we look at Psalm 112. Psalm number 112. Shall we all stand as we honor God by the reading of his word? Psalm number 112 reads as follows. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious, full of compassion, and he is righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see the desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness endured forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. And may the Lord add his richest blessings to the reading of his word. As we center our thoughts, mainly on verse 4, where it says, Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. In short, light in the darkness. Father, under God, we give you thanks for your blessings and your favor upon our lives. We thank you, dear Lord God, for your saving grace, your tender compassion, your loving kindness, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and have eternal life. Father, please, have your way in these moments. Direct my thoughts, my lips, and take away from my thoughts those things which are not necessary for this message. And please add, by last minute inspiration, those things which are necessary to make this message complete. Please, save some lost soul. May some discouraged person be encouraged. Some backslider be restored to you. These mercies we ask through Jesus Christ, O oh Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Light in the darkness. This psalm is about how God sent his light of hope and love to those who are upright in heart when they are facing dark situations and trials in their lives. Therefore, this morning, 
I bring to you a message of hope. The times in which we are living are filled with darkness and trials as never before. The people of God need to prepare themselves for what may be coming so that we will not be taken by surprise. However, there is always light in the darkness for the upright. But many are still groping in the darkness. In every 24-hour period, there is a period of darkness that we call night. And approximately 6 a.m. in the morning, nowadays, the sun rises and the darkness rolls away. Surprisingly, some people enjoy the darkness because their deeds are evil. But for the upright and for the righteous, there is deliverance in the times of your dark moments. If the truth be known, there is someone here today who is going through a dark period. The truth is, these dark periods can be lengthy sometimes. They include periods of heartache and sorrow, grief, loneliness, troublesome times, sickness, and the list goes on and on. No one is exempted from these things. We all go through them at some time. In Isaiah 59, verses 9 and 10, it reads thus, if you can turn to it very quickly. It says, Isaiah 59, 9 and 10, Therefore is judgment far from us, neither does justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity. For brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like blind, like the blind. And we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. But thank God. For the next chapter, Isaiah 60, verses 1, 2, and 3, after Isaiah 59, it says, Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth as it is right now and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory 
shall be seen upon you and within you. Verse 3. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light. Amen. Amen. And kings to the brightness of thy rising. This is marvelous in our eyes. But the vast majority of the people have missed or have ignored this commandment and have missed the light completely. The Lord is saying in essence, come out of that and come into this. It's time that you come out of darkness and enjoy the light. If you have your Bibles close to you, look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14, 16, and 17. Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, for Christ shall give thee light. Verse 15. See then that he walk carefully or circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse. Verse 17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is for your life. In keeping with our subject. Light arising in the darkness. The upright are always happy regardless to his circumstances. And when tribulation come, God lift up the light of his countenance upon you and causes all situations to work together for good for you and for his honor and his glory. Therefore, in keeping with the subject, here are just four things I want to leave with you. Number one, there is light during the darkness of sin. The light brings salvation to the lost. New life in Jesus Christ. Again, I want to look at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, and verses 12 to 16. It is a little lengthy, but it's worth looking at. Notice, verse 12. Now, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee, verse 13, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwell in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast, in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali. Naphtali. Verse 14. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun, and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, 
beyond the Jordan of Galilee of the Gentiles. Verse 16. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region of the shadow of death, light is sprung up. Amen. Amen. Listen, a lot of people have not yet grasped the truth of this passage. Before Jesus Christ came, the people were sitting in great darkness and they were not even aware of it. And the light came and sprang up in the darkness and they did not comprehend it. They could not appreciate it. Light sprang up. Many of them ignored it. Even as people are ignoring the light right now. When we think of the light in darkness, the darkness of sin that brings salvation, we can also think of the Apostle Paul. And we could think of Cornelius. But let's just think of Apostle Paul in the interest of time. You remember according to Acts chapter 9 and verses 3 to 6, we can't take the time to read all the verses, but beautiful verses. How the Apostle Paul was going down to Damascus and he was going down there to get all the Christians to kill them, destroy them. Verse 3, take up with verse 3. Acts chapter 9 and look at verse 3. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. Amen. Amen. The light that sprang up in the darkness. And verse 4 says, And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Verse 6. And he trembled and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And he said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And you know very well that he did obey. And he went there and when they spoke to him and led him the way of salvation, we are told that it as it were, scales fell from his eyes and he saw the light, the light that brought salvation unto Saul. Then Saul, now the Apostle Paul. We could also think of Cornelius, the same thing. And many others who saw the light and obeyed and yielded to the light of God's salvation. Is there anyone here today that you refuse to yield to the light because of your blindness? Not physical blindness, but spiritual blindness. People don't want to have anything to do with God and with salvation because the Christian life is too hard. I cannot understand. This is like a paradox. People say, the Christian life too hard. Brethren, I've been there 
before I became a Christian, and the life outside there is hard like wax torn. And you're talking about Christian life too hard? It seems as though that people just, they have become uh, so accustomed to hard life that they just love it. And they can't appreciate the good life of God's favor upon your life. Number two. There is light in the darkness of sorrow. The light in darkness in time of sorrow, it brings comfort to those who are comfortless. John chapter 20, verses 19 and 20. Then came the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled with fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood within their midst. And in the time of their sorrow, they're still sorrowing that Jesus has gone and what are we going to do? And he said, what? Peace be unto you. In the dark moment of sorrow, light shining, broke through him. Verse 20. And when they had so said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad. Amen. Amen. In their time of sorrow, the same is true with Mary and uh, the, others who, the other ladies who went to the tomb. And so many people who, in the time of sorrow, Jesus showed up and brought them peace. Comfort when they were sorrowful. How often have you been sorrowful and grieved? The Lord came and gave you the peace and comfort that you need. Number three, there is light in the darkness in time of sickness. Boy, these are the days of diseases and sickness. Never in the history of the world we have so many diseases. We used to hear about polio and leprosy and this type of thing. And, you know, they are behind us and, um, you know, once in a while. And, but now, my goodness, sickness touching every life. No more could doctors say that things are slow. Business running nice. <laughs> The light in the darkness of sickness brings healing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Just think of all the people that Jesus healed and time will not permit us at this time to look at all of them. But I want you to think of the lady with the issue of blood. And how that she spent all that she had. And after she spent all that she had, she touched the hem of his garment. And the light broke through and she was healed. Think of the man who was born blind. And one day, he called out to Jesus and while people are telling him, shut up! Jesus said, bring him here. And he said, what do you want me to do? He said, Lord, that you may open my eyes. 
And he not only saw physically, but he saw spiritually. Light arising in the darkness. He was able to see the light of day that he had never seen before. And spiritually, that man was saved. And then all the others who were healed, time will not permit us to go through all that. Number four. The light in the darkness of adversity, it brings restoration. It brings hope to the hopeless. There is more hopelessness now in the world than ever before. It's like a paradox. There is so much money. There are so many things and things and more things. People can't get in their house for the amount of things inside there. Pretty soon people are going to have to sleep outside because the house is too full. They can't get in. And yet in all of this, there is so much hopelessness. We were all without hope at some time or the other. And at that time, we just couldn't cope. And you know why people don't have any hope these days? Because they're depending upon hope or cope, uh, dope, and they cannot cope. <laughs> and you see these dope heads walking around and And they just cannot cope. Why? Because they have no hope. All they have to do, hope in Jesus. Amen. And the reason why you and I are able to cope is because we have hope. Amen. So we don't need any dope. <laughs> well, that is another message in itself. Hope. The hopelessness in this world. I told you, we have a message of hope. Hope in Jesus. And he'll provide for you. Number five. Finally, there is light in the darkness of loneliness. The light brings companionship. Amen. Think of the lady at the well. She was a lonely lady. She had had five husbands, and the one that she had then was not hers. And nobody in the village wanted to have anything to do with her because the first thing I think, I don't want to see the woman because she's going to take her my husband. And she was a lonely lady. But when she met Jesus, Jesus, the light broke through and she saw it. And then she took up a water pot and time will not permit me to go through the whole story. But he took up a water pot and she ran away and said, Come, see a man who has told me all things ever I have done. This got to be the Christ, the light of the world. Amen. The light broke through for her. She had companionship with the Lord and with the people of the village and she was trusted now because she was saved and she was not going to take away anybody else's husband. And so they loved her. In closing, I want to observe with me the attitude and the qualities of the upright or the righteous in the time of darkness. Now I know a lot of people are going to have problems we're talking about the righteous because people like the verse where they say, oh, there is none righteous, none at one. All of us are sinners. Yes, 
All of us are sinners, but they are saved sinners and they are lost sinners. Amen. Saved sinners who have seen the light and the light shining in their heart. And the lost sinner who is still groping in darkness. But the psalmist said here, there is light ariseth in the darkness for the righteous. Amen. 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 And we are going to see some things here. And you, you, don't, you don't worry about people say, all of us are unrighteous and all of us are sinners. Yeah. You don't worry about that. But we are going to look here very quickly in closing. A few things and qualities and attitudes about the righteous and the upright. Number one, it says he's gracious. Verse four. Gracious? He is cool. He is calm. He is collective. Amen? Amen? You hear they have um, Sean thing about Mr. Cool? Brother, if you want to see cool people, look at us. Amen? Amen? We cool and we don't need no drugs and no rum and nothing to keep us going. To make us, to help us to cope. He is gracious. Relax. Like I said, cool, calm and collective and don't let anything bother him. Number two. Verse four. He is full of compassion. In other words, filled with kindness. Be ye kind one to another. Forgiving one another. Even if God has forgiven you for Christ's sake. Amen. Show compassion. And be kind. Number three. He is blessed. Verse two. Amen. Blessed and highly favored. Amen. Boy, this past week, my wife and I, we felt blessed and highly favored as I told you before. Number four. He is prudent. Verse five. He is prudent. He makes good decisions. Amen. Amen. Brethren, you make good decisions. Seek God's face before you make your decisions final. And make sure that you're making the right decisions with God's approval. It would keep you from a lot of disappointments. Number five. He is unmoved. Verse six. It means that he's stable. He's level-headed. He's not up and down and up and down and in and out and back and forth and to and fro. You know some Christians, man, one day they're up, one day they're down. The next day you don't know whether they're up or down. They're like the grand old Duke of York. He marched the people up at the top of the hill and he marched them down again. When they were up, they were up and when they were down, they were you know, down and when they were only halfway up, they didn't know whether they were up or down. But some Christians are like that. They don't know whether they what they want to do. They're in the world, half foot, half of their foot in the world and half in the other. Listen. Come on. Be stable. Be level-headed. Be cool, calm, and collective. Number six. Verse seven. He is not afraid of evil tidings. Amen. Don't be afraid of evil tidings. Remember just two years ago when everybody heard that? 
Corona is coming. But people went wild. And I'm not going to talk about some of the crazy things that people did. But one of the uh, craziest things that I still cannot understand. What about Corona? People were fighting over toilet paper. The stupidest thing I've ever... Please excuse the expression. But the most foolish thing I've ever heard. Toilet paper? What, what, what was the, you know, the, the rationale? I still cannot... One lady bought enough so much, making wrong order and order so much of it that she had no place to put it in a house <laughs> by mistake. And you say, a wise person. I mean, listen, brethren, let's, not, let's move on here because, um, but the crazy decisions that people make to get fight over something that they don't need to fight over. You're not afraid of evil tidings. Brethren, this is almost the end of November. And December is coming. And you hear they're already planning another pandemic for January. Don't, don't let it upset you. Told I, I told, from the very beginning, I told her this, this ain't no pandemic. These things are pandemic. Let's pray to God that he doesn't get down here. He's staying in China. But let's move on. Number seven. Verse eight. He is established. Amen. His heart is fixed. His heart is fixed on the Lord. Amen. The heart is not talking about the organ that pumps the blood. It's talking about your intellect, your emotion, and your will. They are fixed on the Lord. And you have no intention of going back into the world. You left the world behind you. Why would you go back? There is no going back, brethren. Come on. And number eight, finally, he is rewarded and honored by God. Look at verse nine. Listen, when you, your heart is fixed and you, you're highly favored in the Lord and you're upright and you're righteous. We're told in verse eight, he's established. He shall not be afraid. Until he has seen the desire upon his enemies. Verse 9. He had dispersed. He had given to the poor. His righteousness endured forever. His honor shall be exalted with. Oh sorry, his horn shall be exalted with honor. Amen. Amen. If you understand that, his life shall be blessed and exalted by God. You may not be exalted and promoted by man, but listen, God will. Man give you the thing and then they take it back. They give you a favor and take it back from you, but God does not do that. It lasts forever. And so we can trust in the Lord and trust him with all your heart and he's going to reward you, and he's going to honor you. He's going to bless you with his favor. There's a great deal of hopelessness, as I mentioned before, and uncertainty in the world at present. But there is no need to be afraid. You just need to keep hoping in God and trusting in God. God is going to see you through. 
to show God brought us through this pandemic. We're here. And there are people who are not happy. They probably took a lot from us and some people all that they had. Some people lost their livelihood. Lost their business. Some people lost their home. You know how many businesses closed up? Because of this pandemic? There are more millionaires and billionaires now than ever before. And they feel good within themselves. But listen, one day, whose will it all be? Failure to trust in God. You shall remain in darkness. Especially in the darkness of sin. You shall remain in it. If you refuse to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're a born-again Christian and you refuse and fail to trust in God, you'll be in darkness. Trust the light of the Lord. Whatever the difficulties may be, the underlying motivation is to restore God to his former place of honor and centrality in your worship and in your life. Make God the center of your life. Make God the center of your attraction. You can't lose. Make God the center of your focus. Focus on God and he will direct your path. He says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. And you can't go wrong. As I mentioned before, some periods of adversity could be very lengthy. I've been there. Some period of illnesses could be very lengthy. But God will see you through. Brethren, I'm not sure why God allowed me to go to 14 years of prostate problems, prostate enlargement with three operations. But the last one, the third one was successful. And I thank God. Brethren, from 1999 when I first diagnosed with prostate enlargement, not cancer, until 2014, I suffered tremendous suffering. Remember times I came here and I preached. Sometimes the pain, I want to go to the bathroom, but I can't go to the bathroom. What am I going to say? I'm going to the bathroom, you all hold on, I'm coming back. Then I get home. The pain and Nothing, nothing have to come back in the night again. For 14 years I went through that. Some of you don't know. Sometimes I could not contain myself. I have to wear disposable because I couldn't control myself. But I hope in God. God finally healed me. In the last eight years, 2014 to 22, has been the best, some of the best years of my life. 
God is going to see you through whatever your difficulty is. Just hope in him. Just trust him. There is light in the darkness. Amen. Amen. But you got to be upright. You got to be faithful. Keep focusing on God. Keep praying. And keep trusting. If you have never been born again. Man you are missing out on the light. The light is here. Please. Please. Open your eyes. To the brightness. Of the rising of the son of God. And he will give you life. If you have been going back and forth. And you are struggling. Man get your heart fixed. Your heart needs fixing. Your intellect, your emotion, and your will need to be fixed on God.